This is Smart Money with Kevin Richards from KNR Consulting Group. When a part of your financial strategy is out of tune, your long-term goals, your retirement savings, and your legacy can all suffer. With over 10 years of experience in the financial industry, Kevin provides his clients and prospects with the information they need regarding Social Security, Retirement Income Planning, Wealth Management, and much more. Listen in as we address your financial concerns and provide helpful solutions to put you on the path to achieving your retirement goals. Your money and your plans in perfect harmony. And now, here is Kevin Richards to help you find out how to have financial peace of mind. Good afternoon and welcome to another episode of Smart Money. Hi, I'm your host, Kevin Richards. I'm excited about our show today and thank you for tuning in, by the way. We're going to discuss a topic that some of y'all there out there may have an issue with or questions about, and that is personal injury cases. Should you file a claim if you've been injured for whatever reasons may be, your fault or not, what should you do and what should you not do? And I'm happy to introduce our guest today. Our special guest is a friend of mine for over eight years. He's a personal injury attorney out here in Laguna Niguel. His name is Kirk Lappel. He's been in practice over 28 years in Southern California. Knows what he's talking about, so I'm happy to have him here. Kirk, thank you for coming in today. How are you doing? I'm great. Thanks for having me. Great. Good to hear. Kirk's a big golfer, too. I know, Kirk, we uh, just talked about it ahead of time before the air about the U.S. Open, and I, I know you're a big fan of golf and play a lot. So how'd you think about the game? It was amazing. And what was really amazing was Sunday morning before the round started, it was, there was 10, 12 guys who could win. And yeah. that, that just made it really interesting for me. Yeah. Oh, it was unusual. I even seen Phil Mickelson do his little uh, accident, let's call it that, or miscalculation or poor judgment. Made it for an entertaining uh, uh, weekend, I should say. So, yeah, I enjoyed it, too. We're, we're happy to see Bruce uh, Kepka win. He actually is from my college. I went to Florida State University. So seeing a guy from my hometown uh, is kind of nice to see. Granted, that was 20 years ago for me. But uh, it's uh, great to see a guy like that who hits it so far win, winning it twice, two years in a row. Yeah. So unbelievable. Yeah, it's awesome. <clears throat> so, Kirk, let's get into our topic today. I know a lot of folks I talk to or clients of mine that have had cases or they were injured, whether it's in a car accident, uh, they slipped or fell somewhere. You know, a lot of people ask us, should you should they file? And a lot of times I don't know the answer. Of course, I'm not an attorney. But I, how do you respond or what should our listeners look for? if they think they may have a personal injury case that could also potentially, you know, reimburse them or give them some sort of settlements that would be for their injuries. How, what would you say to that question? So the first thing um, they need to speak to an attorney, whether it's me or someone else. The, yeah. the most important thing is not to sit on your hands and let time pass because the more time that passes, the more damage that you can do. And with not with bad intentions, but just by inaction, you can damage your case. And then you make it harder for the lawyer to maybe want to take the case if you've made some mistakes or missteps. So when I first meet a client, uh, it's important for me to have a phone conversation and or an office meeting right away to lay some groundwork so that whether they hire me or not, they at least know what to do and what not to do. Now, the question, the main question you asked is, do I file or not to file? Well, for in California, the statute of limitations is two years. Mm. So it's it's often premature to make a decision whether you should file right away or not. Litigation, and, and people may not know what that means. Litigation means filing suit and fighting it out in court. 
That means going to a trial or a hearing and both sides Mm -hmm. put on evidence in front of a jury or a judge, depending upon if uh, they uh, the parties don't want a a jury to hear the case. But that leaving that Mm -hmm. decision up to a judge or jury, certainly with a jury, I tell all my clients that the first time I meet them going to trial, it's expensive and it's uncertain. Right. Clients say, hey, what are the chances I'm going to win this case at trial? Well, I say, look, grab a couple dice, throw the dice, and let's see how many times you roll a seven or 11. And that's going to be your your odds of wow. winning at trial. Wow. And even if you have a strong case, because juries are uncertain, they don't want to be there. Uh, and some, oftentimes they don't like lawyers. They are upset at the system. And so they take it out on plaintiffs. Right. But that's sometimes juries get it right, though. It's right. not it's not always the case. A lot of times juries get it right. They bring back the proper verdict. And if they're awarding uh, money to the plaintiff, they get it right. Right. That makes a lot of sense. Thanks, Kirk. And again, listeners, while we're doing the show, you know, we're here to find ways that we can get any of our listeners out there money to help them live the life they want, you know, retire when they want to retire. And of course, get what's owed to them, whether it's benefits from the VA or Social Security. In this case, we're talking about today is if you've been injured or know somebody who's been injured, that usually has a, a can very you know hurt your retirement planning and your your savings accounts, et cetera. And if it's something that you should be reimbursed for or get some sort of compensation for, I'm always looking for ways to help our clients get that compensation. Kirk's amazing at that. He's been again in his practice 28 years, and he just brought up the point about you know not necessarily going to court. That has a lot of variables to it where his experience is probably more in how to make settlements that'll get you what you're owed, what's what's fair. And it's it's something that I know a lot of listeners who've had accidents wonder about. Should they take the time and the energy to go see an attorney, whether it's Kirk or somebody else? And Kirk, I mean, what would be outside of the two-year statute of limitations, how would a person decide if it's worth your time, like, is there a cost for them to come see you or what would you say to that? No, not at all. Uh, I do at least one hour consultations either over the phone or in person. And uh, when a client hires me on a personal injury matter, there's there's no money up front. Uh, typically, uh, if I don't get the client money, they're not going to owe me any money. Now, part of the process of handling a personal injury claim is, number one, the client, I want them to get better. I want them to get well. Um, right. If an attorney wants to rush to us, make a settlement demand or try to resolve the case, then that you should run out of that lawyer's office really quick and go talk to somebody else. The most important thing is is waiting and complying with your doctor's orders and also getting to the doctor as soon as possible after an injury or after an incident or a collision, because you need to document that you were injured and the facts of how you were injured. Well, let's just take a rear end car accident. The longer you wait to go to a healthcare provider for the first time after a a collision, Mm -hmm. it creates a problem. And the problem is that it gives the insurance company the opportunity to argue that, hey, if you waited a month to go to the doctor, you know, you really probably weren't hurt that bad. You know what? That's a good argument. And and it's a hurdle I'm going to have to overcome. It's not that I can't overcome it. Some cases I can overcome it, but if you delay in going seeking medical treatment, it's a problem. The other issue is you have a legal obligation to go to the doctor and 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 have reasonable medical treatment. That's that's a jury instruction that the jury will hear if you go to trial. Understand, I'm not afraid to try cases. I try cases, uh, but 
as I mentioned earlier, a, a, a jury trial is uncertain. A settlement is absolutely certain. It's the old bird in the, you know, bird in the hand is worth two in the bush. The two in the bush is going to a trial. The bird in the hand, that's a settlement. Now, right. not to, I don't mean to say to accept any settlement. It has to be reasonable. Right. And that's, that's dependent upon a variety of factors and we can talk about that yeah good points what what do you think though are the most common um cases that you hear see that there there's valid reasons to go after a settlement like what would be i know there's a lot of types of them but give me like the top two or three types of cases you see a lot in orange county that maybe some of our listeners have either experienced or seen happen that would tend to be a very winnable case in terms of a settlement or have some sort of compensation due to the person who received the injury? Sure. For, uh, for example, I do a lot of automobile collisions and the typical automobile collision case I get probably 60, 70, 80% are uh, rear end auto collisions. Right. You know, insurance companies, they fight you on what are called soft tissue injuries, injuries to musculature. You know, your muscles tear when you you get a whiplash and it's painful and they try to minimize things. But, you know, I'd rarely turn a case down. Um, it, it, I, I will turn a case down if the client doesn't follow my do's and don'ts or they've come to me months and months later and they've already tried to represent themselves and they've said things to the insurance company or done things or failed to do things and they're, they're really behind the eight ball on the case. Wow. And, and that's a problem. Um, so what was your question? Go back to your question, Kevin. The most common your, cases that you see right. in Orange County. Yeah. So like I said, I deal with a lot of auto cases, slip and fall, uh, trip and fall. I'd also handle malpractice cases. And that's that we can spend a half hour talking about professional malpractice cases. Sure. So we won't won't deal with that here. But it, it's it it doesn't cost you anything but an hour to go talk to a lawyer. And I just can't stress uh, that enough. Sometimes you can be in an auto accident, a rear ender. You can have four or $5,000 worth of damage to your car. You may not feel it for the first day or two, but I've had cases where a client was in what seemed to be a pretty innocuous uh, event mm -hmm. or uh, incident. And several weeks or months later, they developed severe, what's called radiculopathy or radiating pain down one or both of their legs. Wow. And that indicates a serious back issue, a, a herniated disc. Wow. And in some cases, the client has required surgery six months, a year down the road after, yeah. after that. And the same thing can happen with the neck mm -hmm. where you have a hyperextension of the neck and a whiplash in a, in a very, what seems to be a very simple auto accident. But if it damages the inner vertebral discs in your neck, you will have that disc push on a nerve that comes out of your spine and runs down your arm. Your arm isn't injured, but it'll burn, it'll be hot, it may even go numb. And that's a serious neck injury. Wow. Listeners, we've been talking to Kirk Lappel, our attorney, who's a personal injury attorney out here in Orange County. He has an office in Laguna Niguel. He's been talking about most common cases that folks in Orange County run into. We just touched on a couple of them, one being auto accidents and of course malpractice. He's very knowledgeable in this topic and I know I want to get into more details, Kirk, about the do's and don'ts for any listener out there. You know, even if you've not yet been injured, I hope you don't get injured, but if there is an injury that you do experience, we're going to cover in our next segment what you should and should not do at the time of the injury, like an automobile accident and of course afterwards. And it's something that I really want you to pay attention to because it's something that can make a big difference in uh, what happens with you and possible settlements, etc. And of course, if you have already had this happen, 
anybody listening to our show who has been injured, you know, again, of course, the injury already occurred, but now there are things you should and should not do after the injury. And we're going to touch on that afterwards. So please stay tuned. We'll be right back after this message. The ups and downs of the stock market can be exciting, but not if you're near or in retirement. Predictable returns may not be exciting, but your needs tend to change later in life. When you are ready for a relatively more predictable financial plan, call KNR Consulting Group. We focus on crafting effective financial strategies. You can get your adrenaline rush elsewhere. Give our office a call at 949-218-3900 or visit us at knrconsultinggroup.com. Welcome back to our talk today about personal injury and what you should and shouldn't do if you have a case. I've been here speaking with our guest, Kirk Lappel, attorney at law in uh, practice for over 28 years in Laguna Niguel down here in Orange County. And uh, we've been discussing what you should and should not do. We're going to get into more details about that in, in the event that you do happen to have an unfortunate situation of being injured, whether it's from an automobile accident or some other slip and fall or negligent matter. And Kirk, why don't you give us the main things, persons first, who should do, what they should or should not do if they get injured. And this is, of course, going into the future. So anybody out there who's been worried about, we're all, we all are worried about getting an automobile accident. And so if somebody gets into an automobile accident or an injury of that sore, what should they first and foremost do? So before I answer that question, I'm going to answer another question. Why is this important? So the sure. do's and don'ts I'm going to talk about, and there's many, but we're going to hit on just a few of them. Insurance companies do not pay money willingly. It's a fight. And this is even in the context prior to prior to filing a lawsuit in, the, in a potential settlement negotiation. The insurance company, they will thoroughly investigate all of the claims and the facts of the case. They will they will investigate the extent and the degree of your damages that you're claiming, your injuries, the reasonable the reasonableness of all of your medical care and the costs of that medical care that you are claiming were the result of whatever incident, accident, collision uh, that happened. They're going to investigate any past injuries that you may have had. They're going to investigate any past claims that you may have had. They have a way of doing that. There's a national index where which logs all of your prior injury claims in the past and lawsuits, and they have that at their fingertips. And that's, that's just the way the insurance companies operate. Right. Um, insurance companies sometimes have been known to go to great lengths to investigate a case in extreme cases. They will put you under surveillance, very rare, but they will do that. And they might catch you. If you're claiming some type of a leg or back injury, they might videotape you outside your home, taking out the trash cans. They might wow. try to, create a pretextual meeting with you and get you to talk about your claim. Um, it's been known to happen. I don't, wow. to my knowledge, I've never had a client under surveillance to wow. my knowledge in 28 years, but there's always a first time. So it's just something to be aware of happens more in the workers comp uh, situation where there's a lot of fraud right. uh, or alleged fraud. Sure. All right. So one of the main do's and don'ts that I wish everybody would keep in mind it going, even going, going down the road in the future here is, do ne never give a recorded statement to the other driver's insurance company after you've been in an incident. Oftentimes I've had clients get into an accident and the insurance company has got them on the phone later that day and they've talked them into giving a recorded statement. A couple of reasons why not to do that. Number one, you don't know what the true extent and nature of your injuries are. You, you may wake up the following day and have some real serious problems, just the way the body works. Uh, Second reason is 
you may say something that might damage your case. Some people say, oh, I feel great, I'm not hurting. And this kind of goes back to the first thing I said. It's important you not give a statement to even your own insurance company. You're obligated legally to contact your insurance company and report the incident. You should report it, but don't give them a recorded statement. And that's a whole other subject we can talk about. It has to do if, with insurance, uh, uninsurance benefits. If the other driver has no insurance, then you have to make a claim against your own company under your uninsured motorist provision of your policy. And that's an adversarial proceeding. But we could talk on a whole other subject on that. So it's important to not talk to the other insurance company at all. Um, it's best to report it to your own insurance company, but just don't give a recorded statement until after you've talked to someone like me or some other attorney. The other big thing, and I started to get ahead of myself a little bit earlier, do not post anything on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, uh, Snapchat, any social media regarding your accident or collision. Don't post any photographs. Don't post any complaints of pain or don't post Hey, I feel great because that's what I was getting at. Uh, I heard a story. This woman never consulted with me, but um, someone told me that she was in a pretty bad rear ender. I would estimate three to five thousand dollars worth of damage to the rear of her car. And she's posting on Facebook that she was in a car accident today and I feel great. I'm okay. Well, the next day or two, she may not be okay. Maybe I hope she's okay. But if she developed pain and symptoms the following day, now she's going to have to deal with that statement that she made. Can it be overcome? Maybe, probably, but it's just an extra hurdle that you've put up in front of yourself to try to get money. The system, our system isn't perfect. It, the legal system doesn't give you back your perfectly healthy body. The remedy is money. And money helps with you know, medical care. It helps alleviate some of the stress and pressure that you might have after being injured in a car accident. It's not perfect. It's not a perfect solution but it's probably the next best thing to, to getting your healthy body back because that sometimes happens. You get back to where you were before the collision or you, you, you reach a, a state where you're in pretty good you know, shape and feel pretty good. Maybe you have some minor symptoms that, that linger for a while. Um, what else? So the other thing is go to the doctor right away. Go to your primary care. Tell them what happened. Tell the doctor everything that's bothering you, even if it's, you think it's inconsequential because the doctor is going to make recommendations based on that. He's going to maybe want to see you back. He may recommend, he or she may recommend physical therapy, chiropractic. But if you don't tell the doctor what's going on, what's hurting, the doctor doesn't chart it. If the doctor doesn't put it in the chart, then I, it's of no use to me when I try to negotiate a settlement of this case. Because the other part of the case is once you're done with all your treatment, then I gather all, your, all the medical records and bills, I summarize them, analyze them, and then I write an argument to the insurance company why they should pay you. So that's important to, to, to say everything to the doctor. People like to be tough and not complain, and I get that. But in, when you're making a claim for money, you have to put everything out on the table. Great points, wow. So listeners, uh, we just heard from Kirk in regards to if you do get the unfortunate situation in the future of getting into a car accident, whether it's your fault or not, correct, Kirk? Not just being rear-ended as examples you've been giving, but we all have make mistakes in life and these things can happen. He stressed the point of do not make a recorded um, call or a some sort of statement from either insurance companies, whether it's your own or the person who was the other party in the accident. And that could be for anything, Kirk, not just car accidents. If you were to fall at the store, so they didn't lay down carpets and there's water and you you broke your ankle or whatever it may be, you never make a recorded call. So Kirk was just saying, 
uh, recorded statement, I should say, on anything without consulting with an attorney. Because there's, again, things you should and should not say, and that would be a case-by-case basis. But very good points there, Kirk, because I know um, it's something we all run, you know, wonder about. And I've been in that situation where I think many of us have had car accidents and didn't know. I wish I knew Kirk years ago when that happened. But that being said, first and foremost, drive safely. But a lot of times it isn't your fault when it's a rear end, especially. And that's where you want to do what's Kirk saying. Now, Kirk, for those that have already been injured, I know you mentioned don't post things on social media if you already had an accident, whether it was a month ago or a year ago. Um, don't ever post things in social media before you've done your proper claim. So outside of that, what else should folks do who have already been injured and they're within two years of their statute of limitations? What would be a simple thing they should do right now if they feel there is a claim and that could get them some sort of settlement? What would be some things they should do right now? So if, if are you, is, is the question mean if they haven't consulted with a lawyer yet? Yeah. Okay. So my first advice is talk to a lawyer immediately. Okay. Yeah. Um, generally when you represent yourself, you're just going to, the insurance company is going to simply offer you payment for your medical bills. Right. And maybe some lost earnings, some of your, whatever your out of pockets are. Yeah. Um, you're not going to get pain and suffering. When you get a lawyer, the K, the value of the case goes up right away. And generally you get more, my clients and my track record is such that even if there's a pre settlement or pre uh, pre before they hire me, if they're they have some negotiations with the insurance company, they're still going to have more money in their pocket when all is said and done after they've hired me than had they gone it alone. Interesting, because the the, the I guess the other party knows that you have knowledge about what's going to be entitled to them, and that could cause more costs. So they end up settling instead of dragging this out for months in court and et cetera. So interesting. So that's an obvious point. Um, okay. And again, they can get a hold of you. Hal Kirk, what's the best way to get a hold of you? Uh, by telephone. Okay. Uh, 949-363-5900. Or they can email me through my website, lapplelaw.com. Everybody, again, this is Kirk Lapple. I've been talking to uh, on our show today. We've been discussing personal injury cases in terms of when should you file? What should you do if you've been injured? Whether it's going to be in the future or now. Uh, meaning already happened in the past. He's a person I've known for over eight years, and he's in Laguna Niguel, uh, real close to our office. We work quite a, a lot together, and he's knowledgeable on anything related to being injured or any kind of settlements you feel you're entitled to. Uh, of course, this has to be a valid settlement. Kirk's a very upfront guy that does know the law and also what's fair and not fair. So if you feel you've been injured, I can only stress this enough. Please contact an attorney that's reputable. I, I can give you my own recommendations for Kirk seen him work with several several of our clients and others I've seen, and he does a great job. So Kirk's out here in Laguna Niguel, as I mentioned before, and you can either reach him through his own website, like he mentioned, or you can call our office here. Call right now if you guys are willing to uh, make that phone call. We have folks here standing by. We're at 949-218-3900. And uh, again, this is Kirk Lappel. We'll be right back, guys. We'll take a quick, uh, quick little break here and go over our next segment. Most people plan on taking their social security benefits at one of three ages, 62, 66, or 70. But did you know that there are over 20,000 calculations that could be run to determine the best time for you to file? Call KNR Consulting Group at 949-218-3900 or visit knrconsultinggroup.com to request your complimentary social security maximization report that will help you learn how you can get the most out of your benefit. Welcome back to our final segment of our show today on smart money. 
Again, I'm here with our Kirk Lappel, the attorney at law. He's a personal injury attorney out here in Orange County and uh, has been in practice over 28 years. Kirk, uh, we talked a lot about our do's and don'ts and when you should uh, file a claim or not and what would be some do's and don'ts, which has been a very helpful, great show so far. I know we have a few minutes left in our last segment here, and I want to just ask you a very common question I get asked, and what is expected? What kind of dollars or compensation should a person uh, expect to get? And I know you can't give a, a hard number here, but give me a range of what you think most cases, as an example of a rear end case where a person is injured uh, of a minor level, hopefully not very severe, where they're in the hospital for months or having you know, permanent paralysis or something of that nature, God forbid. But if they're in, in an injury that's very common, most common injuries you see is a rear ending, let's just say, what would be an average range a person would expect to get in terms of compensation, not only for their medical bills, as you brought up earlier, but in terms of all the pain and suffering, loss of work, et cetera, how, how would you answer that and what would you give as a range? So that's a great question and one I'm asked all constantly and the answer is, is complicated. Uh, the answer is simply it depends. Uh, the value of a case, and I can give you a range and I'll get to that. The value of a case depends on a multitude of factors. It depends upon the nature of your injuries, the amount of property damage your vehicle sustained, uh, whether you have any scars on your face. Scars on your face are worth more than scars on your hands. Scars that women suffer are worth more than scars that men suffer uh, wow. because of just the perception, uh, you know, and men, men are expected to be a little tougher. Uh, and I don't mean to be sexist. That's just the way it is. Um, whether you have, after you've completed your treatment, whether you uh, have any lingering symptoms or per, what if you have a permanent injury? Have you had surgery? All those things, you know, depend. And going back to the scar, obviously if you're, if you're a male model and you have a big scar on your face, uh, you know, that's going to be valuable sure. uh, if you can't get any work in the modeling industry. Um, so, as far as a range, though, if, if if you don't have any permanent injuries and you have a relatively simple course of treatment with a chiropractor or physical therapy that was approved by your primary care doctor, you're looking at two to four times your medical bills uh, for uh, just pain and suffering on on in that respect. If you have a loss of earnings, you include that. If you have other out of pockets, deductible uh, things of that nature, you you would add that in. But generally. Um, uh, two to four times your medical bills is a range where there's no permanent injury in your, in your get your, get back to where you were prior to the collision. Good. That helps a lot, Kirk. So listeners, that's what he was just saying. You could expect, you know, a various uh, amount, but it's going to be more than just your medical expenses. That's, that's for certain. Um, and it's something, you know, again, our, our show, as we have the show every week to a lot of our KBRI family who tune in regularly, I'm doing a show to help educate our folks out there to, to find ways that they can really, you know, capitalize on or get what's owed to them. And Kirk's a very, very knowledgeable person in regards to personal injury. And I'm always looking for folks to talk to that have the knowledge that Kirk does. And I can attest to his own track record. Kirk's very reachable, as you brought up earlier. Uh, Kirk, don't want you to tell them how to get a hold of you. Should any of our listeners want to contact you about their own cases? Sure. 949-363-5900 or lapellaw.com. Thanks, Kirk. And I appreciate your time today. I appreciate it. This is helpful. And listeners, please tune in next week. We'll have another episode on smart money. And I hope you have a great weekend. Thank you again for tuning in. Until then. Thank you for listening to Smart Money with Kevin Richards. Don't pay too much for taxes or retire without a sound retirement plan. For more information, contact Kevin Richards at KNR Consulting Group. 
That's 949-218-3900. Or visit their website at knrconsultinggroup.com. All matters discussed during the show are for informational purposes only. Each individual situation may vary and the opinions expressed here may not apply to everyone. Materials presented are believed to be from reliable sources and no representations can be made as to its accuracy. All ideas and information should be discussed in detail with one of our qualified representatives prior to implementation. Kevin Richards and KNR Consulting Group are not affiliated with or endorsed by the Social Security Administration or any other government agency.